Hi, and welcome back to a new episode in the Brian Schiff story. I'm Edo Larosa. So, in this episode, I will continue to cover the case of uh, Christopher Tompkins. Uh, I uh, I just released the episode on his disappearance, and uh, I sort of mentioned that. Uh, I probably would be doing an update uh, because his disappearance doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, you hear about the facts and you hear the details and you sort of cannot grasp what happened to this young guy. I've uh, talked about this case and discussed it with others and some things make a little bit more sense when you open up and try to unpuzzle all these clues that uh, we know and that we've heard about. And so perhaps things make more sense, but if you just listen to the episode and you're wondering what happened, uh, sort of frightening almost but uh so i was thinking of uh, releasing what i actually discovered and other possible information that might clear the picture a little bit more perhaps you could say so concerning missing persons we have a there are a lot of cases in the united states and many many of them don't get any attention at all uh and are left out of the public's knowledge. Some cases, they sort of surface. Uh, either it's someone trying to give them traction, of course, organizations or family members. Some have sort of these details that gives them this leverage and creates this aura around them and uh, makes them sort of more interesting fortunately to say but so in this disappearance we basically have other people involved in this situation and from what the co-workers told they were pretty close to each other around 50 feet apart from that point they basically turn their heads and, and Christopher is gone. So, so what could have happened for him to go missing? Uh, it would have been puzzling just to see him missing that way, but then he's never found also. It adds this sort of crazy mystery to it. And uh, the family of Christopher, of course the mother in particular, um, he was her only son and she's been grieving for all this time and it wasn't until uh, 2015 that she received some uh, help with his case when uh, this minister reached out his name is Antonio Carter but except for this after law enforcement got involved in this case they basically searched the area where he went missing and roughly a week after 
they delivered her their analysis that uh, Christopher had had walked away voluntarily and and after that the uh, the next effort by law enforcement after this was when this uh, landowner found the second booth on his property then they searched that area didn't find anything and then basically the case was stalled and the mother didn't receive any more news so after that in 2008 they found uh, a John Doe basically and there were some hopes that this body could have been Christopher's but after an examination it was concluded that it wasn't it was much older or it was roughly 10 years older than Christopher so it wasn't him and then this minister gets involved and and the case sort of leaves the local premise and climbs the ladder up towards the GBI which is a state run agency and uh, but they come to the same conclusion basically they don't add anything new and the mother has come out saying that uh, she suspects that the co-workers are behind his disappearance and that at least they should have been questioned more thoroughly in her eyes this hadn't been done so if you google his case uh, you quite soon see a picture of a boot hanging on the fence and uh, that isn't his actual boot but the boot was found near the fence on the ground but not on the fence so I just wanted to throw that in uh, so this uh, first boot was found the same day that uh, the family headed out and started looking for Christopher's whereabouts and uh, the second one was found uh, later and where the second boot was found was the uh, terrain was sort of entirely different uh, but taking the boots and footwear into consideration uh, there are some interesting tidbits about that uh, they bear a special meaning sometimes for example in Japan there's a custom for people to take off their shoes before entering their homes as to not track dirt into their houses and uh, this as a result of this it's customary for people before entering the afterlife so to say to remove their shoes a lot of suicides in Japan they find the shoes neatly placed and they provide this picture immediately that the person seeing these shoes understands and also in our minds and in our culture indirect meaning of seeing a pair of shoes is that this person is not around anymore and uh, leaving your shoes is sort of a, a a way to say goodbye or farewell so Christopher's case complicates things because we only found one shoe where he was last seen basically and then they find the other shoe but 
what's the meaning of leaving one shoe behind? That doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. Uh, I found that when when the body suffers blunt force on the upper part of the body, uh, your system reacts by uh, shrinking your extremities. And that can cause shoes to fall off. So your body sort of protects your vital organs. So it shrinks your extremities, changing the blood flow and uh, causing this effect. So perhaps this is possibly what could have made the shoe to fall off also in Christopher's case. He received a major blow somewhere on his upper part of the body that made one of the boots fall off, but not the other. So, hidden meaning sometimes with shoes also. Uh, for example, back in the Western days, they hanged shoes or boots by uh, a wooden sign on a trail that uh, people were traveling on, and it was a meaning that you could get something to eat or to drink further down the road, basically, and to replenish yourself from your trip. And also, sometimes hanging shoes by a pole or or electrical wiring can have the meaning of that some sort of illicit trade is conducted there. So it's a hidden sign for other participants to make them aware that where this activity is taking place. Uh, but as mentioned in Christopher's case, it's uh, hard to understand the meaning of leaving one shoe behind and it seems uh, to me it seems involuntary actually this part and uh, so when the police mentioned that he had walked away voluntarily it doesn't necessarily contain a meaning that uh, he walked off to start anew somewhere and that he remains alive and just opted for a change of livelihood uh, but of course it can mean that he just walked away voluntarily without anyone forcing him to do so uh, so this could entail that there is some uh, mental breakdown in play here and uh, so apparently up until lunch everything was fine and then after lunch this happened and uh, we also have the the boss of this company of this uh, surveyor company that mentioned that uh, Christopher had had acted strangely in the days leading up to his disappearance uh, which is a clue normally because there are a lot of cases where people have gone missing they have caused harm to themselves and uh, they behave in a weird or strange way just prior of them doing this act towards themselves and it unfortunately often ends up with the suicide or they uh, they die 
well normally you find a body and in this case we in this case we don't have the body and that's that's also problematic because i mean there is no trace of him and if that happened the closest thing we come to have an explanation is uh, the vanishing of uh, Terence Woods. So we've got some new reporting for you tonight on the search for Terence Woods. Woods is from Prince George's County. He's a University of Maryland graduate. He disappeared from a TV shoot in the Idaho backcountry last Friday. And tonight, police are puzzled and facing some tough choices. Adam, I just spoke to the sheriff leading this search. He said so much of this case is beyond explanation. Police have no idea why Woods was seen running away from his crew. And now the search is about to be scaled back after the military and even Woods' parents stepped in. Only days before he disappeared, Terrence Woods texted his family. He said he was leaving his trip to Idaho early. Last Friday, Woods was on a dozen-person TV production crew. It just completed a shoot near Penman Mine. The rugged area is about 250 miles north of Boise. One member of the crew told police that he saw Woods drop his two-way radio and run down a steep hill. The search has been hampered by freezing, snowy weather. Conditions did improve Thursday, allowing Air Force helicopters to use infrared cameras. But now police say the search will be scaled back. Multiple agencies have been scouring Idaho County, Idaho's largest and most rugged county for 27-year-old Terrence Woods. The Idaho County Sheriff says Woods was filming a documentary in the Oro Grande area with London production company Raw TV and was separated from his film crew when he went missing. We reached out to the company he was filming with when he went missing. As of news time, they have not responded. Workers on the scene told the sheriff's office he had been acting strange. As the crew was wrapping up, he approached a steep drop. He went over to the edge and there were several people watching him, including one of the local guys. And they said he just decided to take off and he shot down that hill. Crew members tried to go after Woods, but weren't able to find him. And he would not stop. He would not return. And he just kept going. And they lost him at the, there's a road down below where he dropped straight down the hill, almost straight down. So the case of uh, Terence Woods is sort of reminiscent of uh, what took place in Ellerslie, close to Highway 85 with uh, Christopher Tompkins. The scene of disappearance consists of uh, crews of people in the line of work, and from a moment to the next, one person chooses an entirely different track, leaves the area and vanishes completely. Co-workers and others proceed to look for them but uh, fails to find them and are left at the scene uh, stunned. Terence Woods dropped his gear and took off at a speed the local guide with the production team said they had seen no persons running like before. And despite the searches conducted nothing has been found. This isn't uh, easily digestible for the relatives of these missing people. Both parents have cast uh, suspicion on the whole situation, affirming that uh, the description of what uh, supposedly occurred was completely out of character from their loved one. Terence Woods had been on various assignments all over the world and always came home without a scratch. Former colleagues and producers also witnessed that uh, Terence 
was an individual who put pedigree and pride in his work and had always been reliable and professional. Uh, of course, uh, despite the perplexing, almost far-fetched picture were given by both set of teams on the ground, law enforcement has found nothing to corroborate that the other witnessing individuals in both Ellerslie and Orogrande took part in any wrongdoing in making either Christopher or Terence disappear. But there are reports that mention that Terence was the only person of color in the entire group. And in Christopher Thompkins' case, we have no idea of these specifics concerning his three co-workers and a manager. Uh, suffice to say, some comments are found from people local to Harris County down in Georgia have said that there's an atmosphere down there and racism runs deep and it's the good old boys system of integrity. But uh, so we have the parents of Terence commenting uh, his sole disappearance. So let's hear a few clips about that. A Maryland father is making a desperate plea to find his missing son. At 8.34, my son texted me back. said, Dad, I'm coming home on Wednesday, the 10th. Between that little time, something went wrong. Then the next call I get is from the company saying my son disappeared. I can't find a trace of him. One story, they said that they watched my son run off the cliff. What do you mean you all watched him? What do you mean you watched him? He's saying. None of you would ask my son 130 pounds soaking wet. These guys are big like me. And you're going to say, you watch this little guy go to kill himself or whatever you're all trying to put out there. Come on, man. And they haven't found a body. They haven't found, they haven't found a trace of nothing. My son saw something, heard something that he should not have seen or should not have heard and didn't like it. My son's not in the woods. Someone picked my son up. Now, what for? What's going on? That's what I need to know. My son's not in the woods. So, moreover, I found another case that uh, also took place in Georgia. And it's fairly recent. And also with almost the same uh, surrounding situation to as what happened in Ellerslie. And I'll let you hear this clip, which is sort of explanatory for what the mother of Christopher has gone through. And then I'll share what uh, happened with this guy. A local mother is pleading for help, hoping someone can tell her what happened to her son. The mother of 30-year-old Jacob Connor came to us because she said she feels she has nowhere else to go. And she's worried that he was murdered. Connor, a former firefighter, was, was reported missing when he was working in the woods in Fargo, Georgia. It's near the Okefenokee Swamp. Clinch County Sheriff's deputies and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation are still trying to find out what happened, and they've announced a $10,000 reward. Channel 4's Vic Michelucci is following the case. I'm concerned that I may never see him again. His mother is worried sick. I don't ever sleep at night. I never slept at night since it's happened. I lost my job. She hasn't seen or heard from Jacob Connor in nearly two months. It doesn't seem like you have a good feeling about this. No, sir. 
No, I really didn't from the beginning. Connor was originally from Orange Park, but recently he moved to Fargo, Georgia, just north of the state line, to work for his father's logging company. He was deep in the woods in a swampy area when he disappeared. The boys uh, realized uh, Jake had went a certain way and they lost sight of his tractor. His coworkers say they found his tractor tipped over, but no sign of Jacob. He left behind his cell phone, wallet, and keys. His truck was parked nearby. Do you think he would intentionally leave and disappear? No, sir. She says he had too much to live for, like a newborn baby girl. He was crazy about her. There's a $10,000 reward for information about where he is. This mom hopes, at the very least, she can get answers. It's just so nice to have him in my life, and to know that I have to live without him is, is really hard. Really hard. Vic Michalucci, Channel 4, The Local Station. So, Jacoby Dewitt Connor was out in the woods working for his father's logging company near Homerville in Fargo when his co-workers reported him missing on February the 1st, 2017. His truck at that work site was found upside down and several belongings of his were also present. Once again, subsequent searches in the area yielded no results. Law enforcement initially stated that they didn't rule out foul play the mother, like we heard, came out insistently propagating that her son had too much to live for, for him just to walk away in this manner, and she strongly suspected the co-workers were behind this disappearance. Almost a year later, however, roughly in the same area where Connor had vanished, human remains were discovered. The identification later revealed the remains were those of Connor, and a clinch County Sheriff's Office came out saying the family had been informed and didn't issue further statements. So, considering all facts on the table, Connor had acted in his way, ultimately to end his own life. So, at the very least, Connor's family received some answers of what happened that day, and however miserable they are an explanation and a means to closure. The same thing cannot be said of Christopher Tonkin's mother, who has spent close to 20 years wondering what ultimately happened to her son. Perhaps other reminiscent cases can bring relief in what could have occurred. But without the body to lay to rest, or any other clues, it's still a heart-wrenching situation for her. So, concluding, even though perhaps a scenario where these people could have been the victims of foul play is ruled out. Repeated efforts should be made to try to locate the remains. It's likely they are in the same vicinity where these events played out and they were just missed. We should continue to hope that these families will find resolution one day. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure to spread the word about this podcast to others. And uh, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.